Hey y'all, it is Tom here. Just wanted to give you a quick warning that this episode was recorded many moons ago in a land that we knew as 2020 with our friend Jared Thompson from the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. And even though it was only a couple months ago, I just wasn't sure if we said anything that seemed dated and not of this modern 2021 world that we're now accustomed to. And I, I don't think we did, but just just wanted, didn't want you to be jarred, you know. Um, also, get on the Patreon. It's only $3 a friggin' month, 10% off if you do the whole year, and you get bonus episodes every week. This week's episode, Tommy and I are going to talk about our favorite 90 songs, so it is a nice little follow-up to this episode. So get on there, and without further ado, here is the show. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the birthday boy himself, the wolf of Dog Street, and uh, I'm joined as always by Tommy McNamara, the Prince of Snarkness. How are you? How are you, Tommy? Well, it's my favorite holiday, so I'm very Tom's birthday every year. <laughs> I go out to my, I go out to the apartment and I say, "What day is it?" <laughs> Some kid says, "It's Tom Takar's birthday." <laughs> it's not too late. <laughs> Uh yeah, so we are recording this. You guys will figure it out uh, on my birthday, which will have been uh, three years from when this <laughs> airs. But um, how old are you, Tom? I'm 33. So I've known you since you were 21, huh? Yeah, wow. isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy, man. I gotta look back on some things. <laughs> I have to reflect. <laughs> uh, we have you. You heard him already. Uh, that's right. Not only did they go to Jared for a segment, they went to Jared for another episode. Um, the well that never runs dry. Jared Thompson is our guest. Um, it is the most requested thing that I do my uh, my decades list. I know you guys are just inundated <laughs> with emails about it. When are we going to do the 90s? When are we going to do the 2000s? Well, Please. Well, people have been asking us. They want you to start in the 30s so we can yes. get more episodes. So if mm. we start back there, yeah. Just Django <laughs> Reinhardt. Ten, six songs by Django Reinhardt. That's like the only person I know that was making music. There. Robert Johnson. One song by Robert Johnson. Yeah. yeah. That's derivative of <laughs> I might be able to do a 50s list, but I doubt it. Yeah, I bet you could do a 50s list. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, it's like Buddy Holly, Elvis, like what else is that, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, Elvis is actually, he stole all of his music, so you should probably uh, go back and uh, find the R&B singers of the day who he ripped everything off from. For sure, like Chuck Berry, Mm -hmm. Buck Cherry. Buck- <laughs> you said, wait is that what the name lady? was is buck cherry is that come my lady come, come. is that them? that's crazy town uh, yeah, you're, um, buck you're, the, you're crazy was, bitch uh, but uh you fuck bitch. so good uh that i'm on i'm on top of it mm-hmm. when i dream I'm, I'm, yeah i know that one seeing you all night uh <laughs> some 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 so good uh you get me right on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna do a bit <laughs> so all right. So seriously, this just happened. I just, when Tommy texted and pushed back, I was like, hey, I've got time to go to, t-. I had done a, a, a 
a, a drive up order at Target. So I left and went to Target. And uh, what's really crazy um, is I was driving there and Killing Me Softly by R- Roberta Flack came on on uh, 70s on 7. So I drive up to Target. I I I can't f- figure out how to uh, how to pop my trunk without actually popping it myself. Like I couldn't. I was hitting the thing and it wouldn't work. So I get out of the car and pop my trunk, and the guy is coming towards me and walks up to the car at the same time. And Margaritaville starts. <laughs> so I just go no, <laughs> no. That's it. It's like legitimately. That is like that is the worst thing that could happen to to Jared. (laughs) That's the equivalent to the Jeffrey Tubin thing happening to Jared. (laughs) I would rather I would rather be caught jacking off on a Zoom call with all my colleagues. Hey, you're getting dangerous, dangerously close to it. Where's the rest of that arm? And it sucks because oh you had God. ordered one shaker of salt, which made That's it seem true. like you planned it. Yeah. Jeez, uh, <laughs> man. It's, or, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And what's weird is that Target is right next to where Cheeseburger in Paradise was, too. That's right. That's right. It's all starting to add up. D- Dana Thompson had mold on her burger at that place. Ugh. Oh, she Why got did blue we cheese. Go there? I don't know, but we did. It's disgusting. But <laughs> when that place opened, I was in—I think I was in high school—and I was like, "Finally, this town's getting somewhere. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Finally, we got something good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even. I mean, they just had like burgers. I don't even like remember really what it was. Yeah, like. I think it was just uh, cheeseburgers, and uh, and they had live music too. That was often very bad but i remember being like we were like hyped that there was live music and my friends like wanted to bang the like acoustic cover band or whatever you think buck cherry ever played at that margaritaville over here on, on i the mean side of bloomington i mean if it's any place worth its margarita salt then uh yeah. they are the type of band that would get discovered at a margaritaville yeah yeah, yeah. For sure just some drunk sure. like millionaire who doesn't know where to go yeah. <laughs> like, who is it i've told this story recently on the show but i, th- I think jared i don't think i told you it that i was at a nashville airport and a guy was doing a cover of imagine dragons and oh the the crowd was going insane. It was like 2 p.m. at a Nashville airport, and uh, there was a guy singing Radioactive, and like three people went up to the guy after he finished playing, and they were like, what was that song? <laughs> they, they were like Jared Logan. Like they didn't know that, that like that that they could listen to music until they were thirty five. That was the said. first time they had, any of them had heard music. They right, were, right, right. They were from the music version of that Footloose Town, and uh, right, right. Yeah, I think we might have said all of this on the Jared Logan episode. So that's what way, we're gonna do from now on. Footloose yes. by Kenny Loggins is what I flipped it to to get it off of Jimmy Buffett. Wow. See, this is, it's all too connected. See, this is when people want to say there isn't a God. I go, what about all that? What about how is it? How is all these things that connect together? You think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. I think, I think, uh, you think life could write a script like that? No, that's God. And he has the best team of writers of all time the angels. Um, (laughs) Uh yeah that uh that's 
That's pretty kooky. That is the worst thing that could ever happen to, to Jared, no which is very funny. Yeah. My cat is losing its mind. Chill out, bud. You're cool. You're good, my man. I know. It's crazy that that happened to Jared and that he made that story up for the podcast. Um, <laughs> 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 my cat accused you of uh, yeah, making know. up it's a bit. It's the first bit I've ever written, and he, I got accused <laughs> of stealing it immediately. It really upsets my cat when he hears false premises. Oh my god! Uh, anyway, uh, Jared, you are here to talk about a decade that we millennials refer to as the '90s, and this episode, I think we should call it uh, uh, six songs that only '90s kids will mm-hmm. uh, will know." I think that like a mental floss quiz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I think uh, I think that these this is in fact a test. And hey, want to feel old? Uh, these songs all came out in the 90s. <laughs> and no, the 90s was not 10 years ago, like you, right. uh, many of you seem to think. <laughs> right, that's so true. It really is weird. Maybe the weirdest thing about this, about thinking about the 90s, for me, is that the I was. it seems like I would have been older at the beginning of the 90s. I was 13 at the beginning of the 90s, which is still too young to really understand what's going on in music mm-hmm. but for sure like i already kind of you know i started listening to punk rock about a year later so it it so most music that was released in the 90s that would ever be considered popular in any way i would have hated at the time that it was released just because when you get into punk rock you're like con- like you're obligated to hate anything popular like sure and i mean especially then like it was like you like you had to be as counterculture as you possibly could find a way to to do it but the maybe the most interesting thing about the 90s from a music standpoint for in my opinion is that it's really the first decade where popular music and what is like sort of established as the best music of the decade are two completely i don't want to say completely but two pretty different lists. Whereas if you go every other decade starting in, you know, the fifties, those two lists were almost the same where Mm -hmm. what was on the charts and what was selling was also what we remember as the best music of that timeframe with, you know, some minor, you know, blips on the radar, but the Rolling Stones, you know, the Beatles, Zeppelin, they sold a lot of records, their songs were popular and they also, were what we remember from that era starting in the nineties. And in fact, in pre- preparation for this, I made two different lists for the club, like basically regular music of the nineties. And then what I believe are the best songs of the nineties. And there is some o- overlap of course, mm-hmm. but it is really the first time that I made a decade, uh, you know, pl- playlist where the music that I like is probably a little bit more obscure than what we remember historically from you know from from it, and it'll also be interesting to see as time go, goes on. Will someone like Elliot Smith, for, for instance, get get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like, will they? Will he ever get famous enough after he's been dead for for the, for this long to ever actually get the sort of no, notoriety that he probably should have had when he was alive, but just didn't? If that makes sense. 
Uh, certainly. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that those are, those are all interesting and good points. I was also just, uh, I, I've been trying to think of 90s music that I like. I think what we should do though is right off the bat, I think we should play one of the songs from this list to, to, to get us into it, to get us into the mood for, okay. uh, for what we're doing here. And you did send me, oh, you, I see you sent two different lists because you left one off of the first one, right? Yeah. Okay. So. The first song you gave me here, uh, in reverse order, we'll go six to one, yeah. uh, and we will not be going ten to one the way a uh, friend of the show, Brian McKnight, would like us to go. Um, <laughs> Wait, great song. 90s R&B star Brian M- M- McKnight? Hey, I don't want to give anything away for the rest of this list, so he might be <laughs> on there. <laughs> well... Uh yeah, ba- back to one of course, which was both an R and B hit and a country hit. Because God forbid the country people hear the Brian McKnight version and enjoy that, they had to have uh, a white guy uh, also singing. Although maybe that went in reverse order. I don't know who that had the song first. Now that I say that, um, let's do. Or do you want to hear the honorable mentions first? Because you no, gave me two honorable. Two, there's mentions. nine songs. Then yeah, I think we're good much. with this. You're six. right. You're right. All right, so let's hear the first song on this list, which is uh, Elliot Smith. You went with, and uh, it's uh, Waltz too. I, I, it's it is my birthday, and it's been a very big, busy day. Not big day, um, but I have to find this song real fast. Here, I got it right here. Okay, so this is Waltz number two in parentheses XO. I don't want to leave that out. Here is the song. an interesting story about that song i saw elliot smith probably i mean it could have been 10 times certainly it was at oh, least wow. seven or eight times and i would go he'd go back and forth touring with a band and by, by himself and when that i think he said on stage that he had written that song like that week or you know that month or whatever and the version that he played that first time that i saw him play it live was just him and it was one of the most like haunting 
because he slowed it down like really, really slow. And it was, it, it, you know, it was just, it just chills. Uh, and I, and um, of course that was at, you know, that was probably, I, there's probably only like 80 people at the show, which is just a, a crazy thing to think about. You know, there's been, there's, they've released like five albums of his after he's died. So like, I'm, I'm assuming that if he wouldn't have died, his shows now would have like a thousand people or whatever. I, I don't know. But anyway, that song is to me, that's the best thing he ever did. That's the best song that he ever wrote. And that version of that song is, even though the, the version I saw first was great and haunting, that version with a full band is really great. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I'd, I'd never heard that song before. I enjoyed it. Uh, wow. I never, I never, I never got into Elliot Smith, uh, but it's not be by like, oh, I heard some and just didn't enjoy it. It's just, I just never, never sought it out. I will say you were saying that concert experience of him being like, oh, I just wrote it this week. You never see, you know how sometimes a comedian will do a thing where they're like, uh, that's not even a joke. That just happened. You never hear that in music where somebody just <laughs> goes, that wasn't even a song. That just happened. <laughs> Maybe that's what guitar riffing Were is. Were you in Bloomington, Tom, when J- John Mulaney came to the club last time? I know you weren't living there. Not last time, no. There. I was, so, no, the only, uh, both times that, no, I was only there once when he was there and it was yeah. the, maybe the best. It was when he was just doing, uh, the album that would be uh, new in town. Plus, yes. he was doing some tracks from uh, from Top Part, and it was like the best show I'd ever seen. Well, it's crazy. The reason I ask is because I thought you were going to say that comics never say I just wrote that. But so, no shit. This is sincerely what happened. He was there on like a Thursday, his first show of the weekend. And he did, as I'm sure you guys have watched the new special, he did the Trump horse loose in a hospital. Mm -hmm. He closed on it and he got off stage. I mean, people fell down (laughs) like what, like during that joke. Was that, was that during the gas leak era of the comedy (laughs) attic? Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) So he gets off stage and I was like, dude, what? the hell like that is that's one of the best jokes i've ever seen he said thanks man i wrote that on tuesday man that's crazy thursday i'm like what are wow. you talking about it's crazy and he was lying i knew i know that he wrote that before because he did it on conan o'brien actually it'd be funny <laughs> if you just busted him you're like dude i yeah, saw you do well, that on conan a week ago yeah. no no that was different they t- they actually taped that retroactively so <laughs> i was sitting down during that one <laughs> He, he said the he he actually said that he did it for the first time the night before in sh- Chicago. They did a co- a uh, like a college the night before, and he said that it bombed. Oh shit! Oh, well, wow. you know these college yeah. PC audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I know it's so true. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld won't even go to a college. Right, can't get in. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what, a weird, what a weird story that I mean it got covered. I don't. Of course it did. People talked about it, but. It's just as crazy to think that he said that today as it was then. Even with everything that's happened since then, mm-hmm. it's still as stupid no. of a thing that anyone has ever said. It's, it's insane. And we should say, just so you guys know that that story is completely relevant, it is my birthday in 2018. And so that's why we're talking about that story. <laughs> yeah, those midterm elections. Huh? Holy cow. <laughs> we, we almost flipped the Senate, am I right? Man, to think... <laughs> Donald Trump isn't even president yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Uh, the Elliot Smith thing, <laughs> one thing I think you said that's interesting is about you know how he'll be looked at because I think the current generation of singer songwriters are all like obsessives with Elliot Smith. Like Phoebe Bridgers is my current favorite musician. She brings him up in literally every interview. You know, you have Conor Oberst, like Bright Eyes is obviously clearly descended from him, and it does seem like it really looms large oh, over shit. the indie scene. So I do feel like that is true. That it maybe it's just going to get bigger than it ever actually was at the time. Yeah. I mean, you can't really make the Nick Drake, uh, you know, you can't really say it's, it's like Nick, Nick, Nick Drake because Elliot Smith was fairly popular while he was alive. Whereas Mm -hmm. Nick Drake made three albums and there's evidence that there was hardly ever anyone at his shows. And it was mostly just like label heads that loved his music and like Elton John knew about him. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of evidence that he was a very known artist. But of course, he probably will eventually end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But it's just so strange because, I mean, all of us at that time loved Elliot Smith, but there just weren't very many of us there. I mean, and I mean, it reminds me of the first time that I saw Wilco. It's like they were known and people, they had two albums and people liked them, but there was like 150 people at the show. The first yeah. that I, that I, that I saw them, it just took time for them to become known. You know, what, uh, what do you think of the old conspiracy theory with, uh, with Elliot Smith that his girlfriend killed? I mean, it's honestly like the, the thing that makes you think the most that he, that she killed him is that if he stabbed himself, he stabbed himself with the knife upside down, which is just such a weird, mm-hmm. like, it just, again, like he was, I mean, have, I didn't, I, I never met him more than just at like the merch table, just saying hello or whatever, but he was an extremely odd person and he was on drugs quite a bit, like bad drugs. Mm-hmm. So anything is possible really, but it does seem like the craziest way to kill yourself. Yeah. I mean, other than like the, than the old wives tale that like Ian Curris Curtis stood stood on a block of ice and waited for it to melt or <laughs> Michael Hutchins, you know, was like trying to j- jack off and, or, you know, and he, you know, he, they say that he hung himself doing that or whatever. This is just as weird as either one of those that you would stab yourself in the heart to kill yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the biggest reason is that like, have you ever heard of someone doing that? Like in the wild, like I'm sure that there's like old ass stories about people doing it, but it's certainly not a common way to do it. I do think it's interesting that you went out of your way to say that you've never met him trying to establish an alibi of some sort. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I didn't want it. Cause I mean, it wouldn't have been that weird that I would have booked a show for him. Like he, sure. he yeah. was playing music at the time that I was booking shows. And so in fact, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think at one time I had a show booked for Heat Miser, which was his band. But they, first of all, they didn't come, and second of all, they they went through so many different like members that I don't even know if he would have even been there anyway. But you know, when there's 80 people at a show maximum, that person's doing the merch table in 1990, you know, eight or whatever. Like you don't have a roadie if you're if you're if you're if you're you know having 80 people at a show now i would assume these days you probably do but back then everyone just did their own shit and so he was running his merch table at least the first few times that i so you just talk to him just because he's there you know and uh but yeah so 
And Jared, you also claim you never met Kurt Cobain, right? <laughs> I did. I never did. I, I never did. Although Jawbreaker did open a tour for them, I didn't go, but. I would have loved to have been there because I'm sure that Nirvana was a great live band. I mean, I never, I wasn't really into them while they were a band. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really, I'm still not like a huge fan. Like they'll be noticeably absent from this list, which they would probably be on the majority of people's Mm -hmm. best of the nineties list. And I do like them. I just don't, I'm not in love with them. Sure. Okay. Well, I think that that, yeah, I think that spoils some of the list, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) also if you're waiting for anything other than white rock you can just leave the show now yeah i I, i'm excited to go through this because i want to hear tommy's uh answers to some of the his favorite songs in the 90s and i have a couple of thoughts myself and i was looking at another list and i was like oh yeah like i had named in my head a song that i knew would not be on this list then i was happy to see it validated on the rolling stone list his top five but uh, let's let's keep listening to this playlist. Uh, let me find the next song here. Uh, all right, let me pull this up here. I just got a call. And, and you are using the last text I sent you. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. Well, then you're good. So the last text I have from you uh, does say. Wait a second. You didn't. It's okay. All right. Yeah. It's still all the same. The next song is from Bell and Sebastian. Correct. Yep. So the next song is uh it's called Like Dylan in the Movies. Let's go ahead and hear it. I'm gonna skip forward a little bit. Pure easy listening, settle down on the pillow soft. When they've all gone home, you can concentrate on the ones you love. You can concentrate, hey now they've gone. If they follow told me to cut it right well there's a lot of just you know there's a long interlude yeah. there but uh it's funny because as we get closer to number one a, a weird thing about this is that if i made a top six bands or artists of of the decade maybe only one artist would be on there that's on my top top six favorite songs like I'm not a huge Be- bell and sebastian person i felt like B- boy with the arab strap um, is a great album, and then the album that 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 song is on are both really good albums. And other than that, I was never really a fan of their stuff. I've never seen them live. I just it was just a time and place thing where that album um, just sort of hit hit me. I think it's called "If You're Feeling S- Sinister" is the album, mm-hmm. and it's like start to finish a great album. It would be in my top probably ten albums of the decade, but. I'm not a huge fan of theirs uh, otherwise. So, and that'll happen a couple more times on this list. So, okay, interesting. Were you a Bell and Sebastian guy, Tommy? I definitely had a phase where I uh, got into a lot of Bell and Sebastian songs. I never was like a diehard fan or saw them or anything, but uh, yeah, they were they were popping up on my playlist a lot for a while. So I'm happy to, happy to hear them. All right. Yeah, I mean, it would have been like 
one of the, so my list did sort of change like you know like one of the reasons that this was confusing for Tom is because I sent this list a while ago and then I changed it yesterday because I just recently went through the list and listened to a couple more songs that were sort of on the on the cusp of being on it and I just I decided that I was wrong about a couple things one of the things that would have been easy was to keep uh um um our you know, I had uh, REM on the list mm-hmm. and uh, certainly they're, you know, other than Radiohead, probably my favorite band of the decade. And but I felt like that specifically a single song from Bell and Sebastian was was better than any one single song from REM mm-hmm. in, um, in the decade. That's uh that's fair. I'm surprised though to see yeah, the movement here and so I I'll just say it because uh it's the next song, but I was pretty surprised by the Radiohead pick. Uh I knew that I had a feeling Radiohead would be on the list, but I, I was very surprised by which song you went with and how and that they were not in the uh in the top three. And in well, the original you had, had them not on the list at all, uh, except for the honorable mention. Well, so this is, all right. So here, l- let me explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so basically I've always listed, um, you know, like when I make, when I've made a playlist that had a song from, um, from o- okay. Computer on it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always used, uh, 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 Fitter, happier? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fitter, uh, happier, more productive. Um, no, I've always used uh, shit. Uh, 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 let let down. Mm-hmm. And and it's so one of the so one of the reasons that I made the switch is because I realized that there's too many like slow, sad songs, like sad-ish songs on this list, mm-hmm. and it's not necessary. Even though in my mind, maybe one of the things I'm the biggest sucker for in the world is when a, a band that can create a sonic mess of a song makes like a beautiful, almost like a love song. Mm -hmm. And so Led Zeppelin going to California is a great example where it's like, you have this band that can make, yeah, like it's just, and it, 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 and it, it, it's so much more memorable because of how sonically massive their songs are. You know, mm-hmm. and so I was in the shower, and Ooh. I wanted to. Yeah, what were you wearing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned on, uh, and I turned on airbag, and I was just like, "What am I doing? Like, this is like this is Radiohead at their absolute peak at ever, and mm-hmm. there was no reason for me to mess with this and try to make it cute or whatever." This is Radiohead at the moment that they became the best band in the world in a 20-year radius. And that's exactly why I switched it because it is just it, – it's like one of the most like sonically pleasing songs. It, it, it's, like, it's like somehow they made an art rock song that also could be played in a stadium. And that doesn't happen very often outside of the, the Who – or the Rolling Stones, or Zeppelin. It's, you know, you're either one or the other, normally. 
And and so that's why I switched it because I was like, I've got too much sad bastard music on here and not enough like massive. You ever drink arrogant sad bastard ale? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, I think we should hear it. Uh, I think I think that you've built it up perfectly to where we're all very excited to hear it. And you did pick airbag. Let's hear airbag from Radiohead. crazy because if there's ever been a band in the history of the world that would put nonsense at the beginning of their album they're the they're the number one band that you would normally think would put like feedback for like 15 minutes at the beginning of a great (laughs) album just because they can because the label let them and they can get away with whatever Mm -hmm. and that is kind of what they ended up doing in a weird way but to me it's just it's the best song that they ever made in my opinion. And it's also uh, just, there's just something about the bass lines that is just something that I had really never heard in music. Like even in 1997, it was hard to like do something new. Like mm-hmm. it just didn't happen anymore. Like everything has already been done by that point. So you're just sort of changing, you know, like a band, you know, a band like um, 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 Interpol would, they just basically were like, let's let's just sound like Joy Division or whatever. And like, I love them, but they're not anything that's like groundbreaking. It's just a it's just a band that I really like that really is just. And that's true of the Strokes or any other bands that I became huge fans of. War on Drugs is, is the same way. It's just the '80s, but with a different singer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it. So to have Radiohead make that album and that song as this to me, it's going to go down. I hope I'm wrong, but as the last like top 20 album in the history of rock and roll, I, I do believe it'll be the last one ever. And, and, and mm. I, I, I hope that's not true because I want bands to keep going that just play, you know, three piece rock and roll, but it just doesn't seem like that that's, you know, 
it's it reminds me of I actually uh, earlier t- today I did an interview for the radio station here, and he asked me about like why do you guys stand out as the comedy addict? Like, uh, like you know, you you know, you constantly are noted as this great club, and I was like, it actually is the opposite that we're the Foo Fighters and every other band sucks. <laughs> that's really what it is. It's not even, and, and, and I mean that, like we make as many mistakes as a comedy club as the Foo Fighters do as a rock and roll band. Like we're not the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or, or the Stones. We really are just good at what we do. But because by comparison, every other club has like hypnotists, it's, it's not really, we're not doing anything. Mm. Like we're just, we're just paying attention and that's really it. So my, so that, that's why I don't believe that we're going to ever get an album again that is as effective as this album was. Do you think, do you think Crackers is Nirvana? No, I don't. (laughs) No. I mean, Nirvana was crackers. That is true. (laughs) A bunch of white ass dudes. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's really an interesting question, you know, like why are there no, like, I mean, uh, I love a bunch of current bands. I mean, it's not like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like current music, but it's just not, it just isn't, I think it's because there's different, there's way more types of music than just regular rock and roll. And that's sort of where the most talented people have sort of, they've sort of migrated over away from three piece rock and roll. That's the only thing I can say is that the most talented people in music are not playing rock and roll anymore. Um, Yeah. I I just want to comment on really fat because I, I think Radiohead is, I mean, I go back and forth on them they they're one of those bands that there's like a top five favorite bands for me and they swim around to the top and then somebody else like it, it's always just teetering and yeah. uh i gotta tell you and i think it's this happens with any band you just listen to to death where i've listened to okay computer a million times and then what i often don't do and i have been lately is go back to the bends and i've fallen in love the with bands. the bends again and so now, good. for me, I think my favorite song might be Black Star. I, I, I love the, like, even though it's not as complex as the stuff on OK Computer, it's just, it just goes. It's just good. And it's, right. that's it's a great so point. I mean, honestly, it, it's it, it, like they're obviously a much better historical band than Wilco, but the same sort of thing happened to Wilco where it's like you can listen to the first couple albums and it was like they didn't realize yet that like they could put like like they could just record or like a re- refrigerator running for 10 minutes <laughs> when you said that static album. thing that's exactly yeah, that's what like, they do yeah they didn't know yet that you could do that so like the bends is just like here's whatever it is 12 here's songs just a great this, album yeah three and a half, yeah so it so that's the thing is that like it's a very fine line between doing like having access to all of the information and just being a band that just plays three and a half minute song. Mm-hmm. So no question that the bands, in fact, oh, the sorry. worst thing that could have ever happened to that. Give me album, one, one second real fast. Sorry. Actually continue your thought. I'll, I'll just be right back. Yeah. I was just going to say the, the worst thing that could have ever happened to the bands 
was okay because it it mm-hmm. would have been thought of as it, it like if they would have ended up being as famous as they are now or were i guess because they're, they're probably less po- popular than they once were if that would have never happened but they still became as famous we probably would look at the bends as the highlight of their cr- career for the reasons that tom just mentioned yeah when you um were talking about yeah a band that can go so maximalist doing something small i was you know thinking about fake plastic trees and like stuff like yeah. that up the bends which is so right. good and right. that actually yeah for a while i would say not even in a contrarian way that the bends was my favorite radiohead album just because i like rock music more than i like kid a type stuff but okay computer is probably the well, best they definitely both would be in the 10 best albums of the decade yeah like there's a bunch of stuff that's not even on this list like ne- neutral milk Oh uh, that yeah, that album would be in the top three probably, but not one single song is as good as any of the six songs that are on here. But the bands would be for sure in the top ten. It's that good. I mean, damn, I hadn't even thought about that. I totally forgot that Neutral Milk was in was in the nineties because I think it's like ninety six. No, you're maybe? totally right. That's yeah. uh, I mean, in the airplane over the sea What's might be in my top five. It's just a perfect song and almost brings me to tears every time i hear it so it's like it's just so good but uh and i got to see him do the album at at the buzz i did too oh i I think we went to different shows though oh that's weird somebody yelled the n-word uh and he got really upset it was crazy at a a fucking jeff mangum show it was so crazy that you mentioned this because how many i was that guy Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, we were at the same show. (laughs) It is so weird to me how many times that a comedy show that has existed, or I should just say any sort of entertainment that has existed outside of the comedy attic. It's not that we haven't had hecklers. Of course we have. But my point is, is that like how many times have we heard of this at a rock show or a a non-comedy attic comedy show in Bloomington that this has happened? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just so weird that we sort of are viewed as having the most well-respected or the most well uh, re- respectful audiences, maybe in the country in a comedy venue, yet in our same town, someone who would have to know who neutral milk hotel is <laughs> would yell the N word. It's insane. Yeah. And it's like, it, it wasn't even the whole band. It's just him up there. I know. Playing it and it was amazing. I loved it. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, but that happened, and then the other thing that was notable is me and Josh Murphy went, and we had a great time. Except that that guy uh, really soured it because you're like, well, this is our hometown, and we look like idiots now. Um, right. But another guy yelled out, "Hang out with us after the show," and Mangum just didn't say anything. And then another guy yelled out, "Great choice, dude." <laughs> like i went to go see colin hay the singer of yeah. you know, the, the singer of men at work, men at work uh, yeah. and, and brilliant. at the so buzzkirk by himself again and just people yell out it's like what are you doing yeah like what type of person thinks that i just i oh my god i mean you think that like you think jimmy buffett coming on in my car is embarrassing if like being even within two rows of someone that yells out anything is the most mortifying thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely. for that split second that someone might think that you were with them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's so hard to be like, not me. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, especially when it was you. 
Uh, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's listen to the next song on this list. That we're uh, cruising through these last few here. Uh, so uh, the next one is Mazzy Star, and it Love is uh, Fade Into You. Give me one second to pull it. And you up. know that famous Here's. Trump quote: uh, "When you're a Mazzy Star, they let you do it." That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> The only um, unfortunate side effect of this song is that you do fall in love with whoever you're looking at while you hear it. <laughs> yeah, you guys want to get out of here. <laughs> I am in love with you guys right now. <laughs> so, oh my God, it's so true. And it's so crazy because, so first of all, it's the most beautiful song of the decade. I don't even think there's any question. Mm. And I saw them live. And never have you, it was like the night that Hillary lost, like everyone, <laughs> so many white people just totally in tears seeing the song. It just like just, happy it, tears that you finally won and the things were good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe Trump won. It's finally, we've won it. <laughs> finally, uh, we did it. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly like, and and that entire album is good. It's not that it's not good. It's just, I, I mean- like yeah man just a just a just a uh it's a maybe the maybe the best uh ending of a mixtape song that has ever existed like i i always had I, i've always tried to end on something like that if you can like mm-hmm. um and certainly n- night swimming which was originally on the list yeah see this is what happened with that so one of the reasons that um that things sort of shook around a little bit is because I listened to night swimming 
and then I listen to fade into you or fit 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 fade into me into you whatever it's called and it's just no comparison as much as I like night swimming it's almost like they're very similar but one is Michael Jordan and the other one is like Dominique Wilkins it's great but it's not Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I just felt like I need to put a little bit more excitement on the list so that's how Radiohead popped in instead of being on the honorable mention list Whenever they use that song in a soundtrack, it's so effective to the point where it's almost like, how could you not use that song? Like anytime you see a movie from any, yeah, any year since I would say, I think it was American honey. I was watching recently and they used it and I was like, yeah, it's a home run every single time. Yeah. Almost any like two people seeing each other across a room moment after like a tumultuous thing or a guy showing up at the airport or like Mm -hmm. they should retroactively put that song in to, uh, the moment and say anything when he's holding the boombox. Yeah, <laughs> you go backwards. Like when they when they replace cigarettes in movies. Yeah, replacing yeah. That one. yeah. Uh, in Casablanca instead of um, let me play, play it, it again. again <laughs> oh man, this is a good idea. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's hear the next song, which is "Last Splash" from the Breeders. Shit, I thought I pressed it. Uh, well, I thought I pressed it, but apparently I did not. Where the hell is it here? I know a few Breeder songs, but this was not one I'd heard before. Why is this What? That's true. <laughs> this is their only song. <laughs> That's not true at all. I mean, I'm just saying, like, this is like, honestly, like, they would, they people would be wrong, but they would end up on a one-hit wonder list. Well, Cannonball is their most popular. Is that the song you I, at least this, on Spotify? I'm so confused because it's not even on Spotify. No, uh, it, the no, album it, is, but it, not no, the song. It, sorry, it, it's the same song. Oh, Cannonball. Okay, 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 that makes more sense. The album is called Last Splash. Okay, right. So right, here right. is okay. Last Splash in the song. I probably just typed it in wrong. Yeah, I'm so, a big fan of Driving on Nine. You yeah, know that song. That song. Right. Goes. Right. That's on the. So you song. have heard this. So you do know this song. I do. Oh yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like it's yeah, like. There's not a person alive that's heard of the breeders that doesn't yes. know this song. No, so. this is definitely yeah, yeah, the so iconic one. For this sure. will, yeah. of course, count against Jared and the scoring at the end that he right exactly because up. I wrote down this t- the title <laughs> wrong. I am bad at stuff like that. Though. Very cool song. Who's cooler than Kim Deal? That's a real question. 
I don't know, but yeah, I, I know no, no one that's on this podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's my birthday. <laughs> uh, I remember. So uh, even though I was into mostly punk rock by the time that this was released, I, we watched 120 minutes. Like we would watch 120 minutes and Headbangers Ball both, even though most of the time they weren't going to play the stuff that we liked. But it was at least it was like one of those things where it's like sort of like when sports got shut down. So. I would wake up early to watch like the Korean baseball yep. league. If it was some <laughs> Bundesliga sport, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't like popular music. Like they were playing mm-hmm. videos and every once in a while, like a band that, you know, would be on there. Like they would be interviewed to like green day or Sam. I am or jawbreaker would just be on. So I remember just, again, this is like, you weren't, it, it's really hard to explain to people who are, 10 years younger than me, like you guys are or more, however, you know, but you just, you had to be, you, you had to act like that. You didn't like stuff. You just did. It's just the way that it was, was that like, I wasn't allowed to say that I listened to Fleetwood Mac. I just couldn't say that because it just wasn't allowed in like punk rock or like, like hardcore circles that you could be like, Oh, I like the breeders. Right. Like it just wasn't, so I just remember like sitting there watching it and being like, this song is good. I don't care what anyone says. This is a good song. So I remember once I sort of like d- decided that I didn't have to prove anything to anybody. I could just like whatever I liked. I remember buying the CD and um, you know, it's not, the album is not nearly as great as the song, but it's a good album. And uh, it's just, it's, it, I, I really wanted there to be something on there that just was the nineties. Mm-hmm. That's really what this, to me, this song personifies the way that like music sounded in the nineties. And they were a band that sort of were a precursor to like a lot of stuff that ended up more famous. Like, you know, whole was certainly, I'm sure C- Courtney love was really into the breeders. I bet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, like it just, it just, I felt like it, it stayed, and it really is, to, in my opinion, the second best song in the decade. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we have it one is, more song. It is crazy, just before you get, just yes, to think yes. of this being a band you had to pretend not to like. So funny. <laughs> well, I know, just like a different time, yeah. Well, what's really interesting is that, like, my per- personality is the exact opposite of that now, where, like, Every like ninety nine percent of Cubs fans are insufferable pieces of shit, and we mm-hmm. know that. But I don't care. That doesn't bother me. Like I like what I like, and it doesn't phase me. Like I'm gonna wear a Cubs hat, even if I know that our fans are douchebags. Like it's just that's what I like. And so, I I wonder if going through that and knowing that I was wearing like band shirts of bands that I didn't even like, just to sort of show that I was like cool or whatever like this was a reaction to that like the way that i am now where it's like i will just i just like what i like and it doesn't matter it goes when it comes to booking comedy i don't talk to anyone else about booking comedy in fact tom and uh you know i would say tom and 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 melinda are the only two people that i ever am like should i do this like Mm -hmm. who should i are they can i book them like i'll ask tom especially about limestone like you know but other than that, they're like the, literally the only two people that I ever ask their opinion on whether I should book a person or not. 
Yeah, this is going to really fuck me, Jared, because now people are going to go, I didn't get into limestone. Must yeah, have been, right, right. Must have been Tom. Well, I'm assuming that they've made it into this far into this podcast. They probably <laughs> shut it off, so don't don't worry about it. And you guys are doing those limestone shows Thanksgiving night, right? That's Big right. Yep. Festival. In person. At the, at the um, airport. Inside. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> that oh, way, God. on your way to see your family, you can um, <laughs> catch with a show. People. Yep. <laughs> You deserve it, baby. Uh, all right, let's hear the last song. And I, I couldn't be happier with your pick uh, for for number one. Uh, I was surprised to see it just because I feel like we've never talked about this. But um, I don't even like this band really at all. Yeah, I, I have a similar thing where it's like I'm not really that into them, but I love no. this song and like three other songs so much. But right, um, we did talk about this on the podcast just at some point we talked about that my favorite uh smashing pumpkins album is adore which i'm probably the only shocking (laughs) oh yeah we did talk yeah Yeah, i I love that album like to me that's the only album of theirs that like start to finish is good whereas there's certainly moments on two at least two other albums siamese dream start to finish is good yeah, I just don't like his voice as much there. I don't like he's like, mm-hmm. nah, way too awesome. <laughs> like, that's what I don't like about it. Um, so, anyway. I think we should go ahead and play the song. Everybody, I, I would be shocked if anybody didn't know it. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, too. And it is 1979 from The Smashing Pumpkins. So good, so good. Yeah. I t- I talked about it before, but I bought a guitar uh, because of uh, the at the end of the movie Clerks Two they play this song, and also in Stranger Than Fiction he buys a guitar and learns to play it to impress Maggie Gyllenhaal. And I only learned two songs, and one of them was this, and the other one was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers song, and uh, so good. And they're <laughs> both and they're both equally stop, good. Stop recording. And they're stop both recording. equally. Good. <laughs> it was "Suck My Kiss" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The two most beautiful songs. Of all time. <laughs> oh my 
God. Uh, Jared hey, baby, agree- I and, and Jared agrees, and that's the end of the show. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so it's so funny. So first of all, I just found out that there's a Clerks 2. What, when did that happen? <laughs> You you are not a big enough fan of movies. I just sit in that green room for hours with him. With Kevin Smith? Yes. So I'm God, I hope this doesn't get back to him because he is nice. I'm not I'm not saying he's not nice. But the thing is, is that there's like these shut-ins that only leave their house for like a Star Wars movie or when he's at the comedy attic, and they all would do anything to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. And he may he, like because I know about hockey. He's like, please stay back here and talk to me. And I'm thinking like all these like, co- what what's the guy's name from like Muncie or whatever that comic Kyle? What was his name? Oh, like, Deweese. Like that's he would give like a thousand dollars to be sitting in that green room with them. And I'm sitting there like, oh my god, please, I can't, I can't do this anymore. But it. But anyway, my point is like I still didn't know there was a cl- Clerks two. Yeah, Clerks two. Uh, not nearly as popular as Clerks one uh, in the you know critic community. But I, as a you know nineteen year old, thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. And I was like a huge fan of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. That sort of stuff. It was perfect for me. Oh shit! I got it. Well, one really it. crazy thing about. It's it's so weird how a band that I routinely thought got it wrong over and over again, like the Smashing Pumpkins, I felt like I never thought they were bad, but they certainly had an opportunity to become something more than they were. But I don't know if any art piece in history has ever gotten it more right than the video for 1960. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the best. It might be my favorite video. It's It's so good. It absolutely never has anyone nailed something more than that's exactly what that song sounds like. It's Mm -hmm. like just driving around. And that's exactly it. They they got it perfect. And honestly, that, that I was, I actually should have probably asked you this in case Tommy, because I feel like that you're, you know, the most of all of us about this band. Did I read somewhere, and this is going to be so boring if you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that that song was like either an afterthought or like wasn't going to be on the album or something. I feel like I read that one time and I was like, what? Oh, I don't know that, but that is crazy. Well, I could uh, be wrong. I mean, I could be just thinking of something else, but like that would be perfect in, in in his world. Mm-hmm. That he's sitting on this, and they were like, well, "I don't know how good that song is." Like, well, yeah, okay. it it but, is one of my favorite songs of all time, also. So uh, I'm very happy man. that you, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's hard. It is. You always feel kind of embarrassed when a band you like your favorite of their songs is their most popular song, you know. But it's like it yeah. really. Now, can't do you think that that, that is more popular than uh, t- tonight? Tonight. I think so. I would say. But yeah, yeah th- those two today is there. Also, when I looked yeah. at, I mean, not that this is the you know end all be all of uh of what makes a song popular, but I'm pretty sure when I looked up Smashing Pumpkins, 1979 is uh, way ahead of Tonight Tonight, uh, and then Bullet with Butterfly Wings is a uh, second. Oh yeah, but uh, 1979 <laughs> has almost double either of those in plays. Um, yeah. Jared is grimacing. Well, because uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings is one of those songs where you're like, I don't I also am not super into that. <laughs> like, honestly, like, they would have been, because of how beautiful that their music is most of the time, if they would have had, like, let's say Mazzy Star sang for them. Mm-hmm. 
I don't even know if that's a person, but <laughs> the lead singer of Mazzy Star or Mazzy Star, if that is her name, like just imagine how much better they would be if they didn't have him just around. Mm-hmm. You sure. know. Sure. Well, they, I mean, it's definitely the reason they have gone so much down in the public esteem is because he's gone so crazy and he's such yeah. a megalomaniac. And, and it's uh, such a perfect yeah. thing that he's a Cubs fan. It's like a yeah, like it just yeah, he's just done so much horrible crap, yeah. and he just you know, it's not like I don't know. Did did you just have a a brownout? No, Tom? I was switching my lights around because he got it gets oh. so dark. He heard uh, he heard the Mulaney horse bit and he fell out of his seat. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I'm th- th- thank you for not calling me racist for saying brownout instead of blackout. Is that because I'm that. half Indian? That's right. <laughs> you know what? I fed you that one. So. Oh, is that right? No yeah, time yeah, you yeah. feed me something, starving my <laughs> yeah. ass all the time. So this, guy, this is as good a time as any to say one thing. So it's really funny. You know how like the other week we were going back and forth about who started Tom, Hussein, Brady, or such and such, Hussein. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah, let's I'm not go trying for to it. take credit for it. I know okay. it wasn't me. I, I don't even think me. it was me, to be honest. No, it, it might wasn't. have been Here's why. Here's why. This is what happened. So for all this time, and I felt like this is as good a time to bring this up as any, she tweeted just with without tagging you or anything, Tom Hussein Brady. Mm-hmm. And you never saw it. Oh, really? Because, or at least you never liked it. So we have always had this sort of this thing be- between us that it's there, but you didn't know. That's really funny. I did. I feel like I did know that, but maybe not. I, it's well, that's I mean, one of those things that I feel like me and her have said. I think it's up for debate. It could have been any of us, but I do know that uh, a one Who Jared the Thompson. For the audience? That'd be Melinda Cashner. Okay, yeah. but I do well, want to point out Jared likes to take a lot of credit for things right. that uh, that the kid says, and I'm the kid, of course. And um, in that green room, uh, I've said anything funny that's ever said, I have the rights to. Here's the thing is that I know I didn't start it because I know at the very minimum, Melinda did it before. But I'm glad that Emil's saying it on stage now. I think it's good that he steals all the things that, uh, (laughs) you know. Well, the thing is, here's the thing is that I know I didn't start it. And the only reason that I'm even joking around that I did is because I did say Bill Hussein Gates. And it had been several years Mm -hmm. since anyone else had really used it. So I think I tweeted Bill Hussein Gates. Mm -hmm. And and it was something stupid like these people are going to be really upset. This is when people were like, he's going to microchip us or whatever. Yeah. Like I was, I think my tweet or whatever it was was something like they're going to be really upset when they find out that his middle name is Hussein. Mm-hmm. And but but anyway, I just thought this would be a great time to tell you that it all started with Melinda just writing Tom Hussein Brady. I do believe that. I feel like yeah. that is something that it's possible that me and Melinda were having a beer too, and that we yeah. jokingly said together, and then she sure, tweeted sure. it. It's also possible she just straight up tweeted it. It's also a thing that I did forget about until I saw that. Uh, <laughs> that interaction on Facebook. By the yeah. way, we didn't do a Facebook for this week because uh, we were double dipping. We're doing a two in one day, so I uh, we we get to skip that part. What I do want to do real fast. Well, you do have two honorable mentions. We're not going to play them, but I do think we should say them real fast. Okay. Uh, and go ahead. I mean, we you gave them to me on the list, but why not? Well, so Sunny Day Real Estate. Um, so they're an interesting thing. So for those that maybe are sort of. Um, are sort of like 
not necessarily full blown into indie rock. Sandy Real Estate are a band that has an interesting story that they could probably make, you know, a documentary about it because when they were a lot, or sorry, when they were together the first time, they, there was all this controversy about that. They broke up because, um, because uh, Jeremy Enig was Enig was Christian or whatever it is. And uh, um, so Anyway, what I'm what I was gonna say is is that um, this album, so when how it feels to to be something on was released, like there was all of this sort of like build up in the in like the indie rock world of like they're back, they're gonna make an album, and that's the opening song on the album, and. My friend EJ, who was a who was a DJ, yeah, that's right. EJ the DJ. You can't write this stuff, people. I know. On the Outer Banks, gave me an advanced copy of the album, and called me and was like, "I'm going to play the song on the radio. I'm going to play the the first single on the radio, and then I'm going to bring you the album right after this. I'm going to let you have it." And he played that song on like regular radio, and wow. they ended up getting like a bunch of calls for people to play it. And so anyway, it just, for, for me, how it feels is their best album period. Even though I think most people would say that the first album diary is probably their, their best album. I, I'm just not one of those people, but that's what that's from. And then the other honorable mention is another thing where it's like, well, it could very easily be on here. And uh, Portishead, All Mine is first of all that album is spectacular, and it, it's it's one of those things where it's like kind of hard to pick one song from that album. But that would be sort of the neck. They would be seven and eight on my list. Now keep in mind, also, I didn't want to double dip artists, mm-hmm. so like I d- I didn't want to have two Radiohead songs or two Elliot Smith songs. But if if that were true, I probably would have. Um, as we talked about earlier, let, let down by Radiohead would yeah. probably be ahead of a couple of these songs. But still, uh, I love the list, and this is sort of encompasses my life in the '90s, and sort of still. I mean, this is I probably listen to every one of these artists, you know, f- fairly often. I was surprised because you've said before personally to me that your favorite song of the 90s is Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. And I thought that that was going to be on the list. Yeah, it's uh, weird that you left it off. Is this like a thing where you're still, even though you said that thing earlier about how you have to pretend you don't like stuff, that you still actually are living under that umbrella? It actually was still, it was still my favorite song of the 90s (laughs) for a long time. And then we went to the Grand Old Opry. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And he played that song like he played. Here's what I'm saying that like, you guys have to have to understand when you go to like a Tuesday night concert at the mm-hmm. Grand Old Opry in Nashville, it's an open mic. Sure. It's basically what it is. Yeah. You don't want to. It's embarrassing to play the hits at some point. Yeah. Time. Like Vince sure. Gill forgot a song <laughs> like he was in the middle of a song. He's like, I forgot the words because it's brand new. Sure. So like all of a sudden. He plays achy, breaky heart. Of course, everyone loves it. I'm like, this is crazy. So that's why it's not my number one song anymore. I lost a lot of respect for him that night. What percent of that story was true just now? Well, not. it was never my favorite song. None of my part. He did play that song. He really did. That is insane. 
I uh, thought I thought you were fully making everything you no, just no. said. Uh, <laughs> what's his name from Hootie and the Blowfish was there? Uh, Darius Rucker. He, Rucker. He just played a bunch of stuff no one knew. Like everyone else was playing a bunch of like unknown songs. Did you but, know? Like, Tommy mentioned this earlier that I'm really good at basketball, but I'm actually uh, <laughs> I actually am the king of Darius Rucker Park. Darius Rucker Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they let me play. Oh my god! I only want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play some Uh, (laughs) two-on-two. So uh, I do have a question, and I know you you just wrote in the chat that you guys are going to do this for Patreon, but do you you already know what your lists are? Like, do you know, like, I guess here's my question is that you don't have to say what it is, Mm -hmm. but do you got, do your brains work like mine do where like everything is put into a list? Like, do you already know what your favorite song of the 90s is? So even saying it. Even just scrambling to come up with a top six, I wrote down like 15 songs. Right, so yeah. I, I, I have a lot of homework to do. That's what <laughs> I was just doing because I was yeah. just remembering band. Like sometimes you're yeah. just like, oh, I totally forgot that band. Right. The, yeah. the, my favorite music of theirs is in the 90s and not the 2000s. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. But uh, you, already, you just teased it, but we should tell people. So Tommy and I are going to do our list on the Patreon, baby. Yeah. That's right. Behind the paywall. $3 it's a month. Three, we're almost at 100 We're so close i i hopefully cool. by the time this comes out people will, will be at 100 but you, you know, know what, what i'm gonna join where do i go seriously right. patreon.com slash stand by your band good question Jared. way to way to get it set up and uh yeah it's been uh we've been doing some fun stuff we do uh episodes every uh every week and uh it's it's a lot of fun stuff it's a lot of uh Mostly people talking about stuff they actually like, or us talking about what we've been listening to, but we're going to do some more fun stuff with it. And uh, yeah, we'll do one where we talk about our top 90s hits. And yeah, I I already was cooking up quite a few. And uh, I don't know if we'll... I, I have a feeling Radiohead will probably make an appearance, but I'm not even, I'm not even certain because... We got to remember, Britney Spears was in the 90s, baby. <laughs> well, you know what? And like... Totally seriously, when I made my regular music, best of the '90s, there's some great stuff on there, like "Love Fool" by the Cardigans. Exactly, that exactly. That's exactly the sort of shit that I'm thinking of. Yes, where there's all these songs that are just like it's they're so good, and even if you don't go any deeper into a band than a couple right. hits from the '90s, you're like, this is undeniably great. So we'll see. It's up in the air. I'm going to definitely deliberate over it. Yeah. Um, sure. But yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, what are we gonna rate this playlist? It's a. Uh, it's it's the best of the '90s. So yeah, there's not a bad song on the list. I, no, I'm gonna yeah. give it a five and a half because you brought up the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> so you can take it away from your sure, sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm annoyed because I wanted to give you less than a high score again, but I can't. They're, they're great choices, and uh, I already liked yeah most of these songs, and uh, yeah, very emblematic of the period. Even though you know it is sad bastard stuff, but that kind of is what you think of when you think of the 90s people in flannel shirts being sad being Mm -hmm. cool love it love it and uh yeah hard to leave some stuff off here but also hard to debate or hard to you know say that any of these songs shouldn't be on there so uh great work here jared we appreciate you you doing this you did not invent the podcast and um (laughs) uh, is there anything you want to like i do you want to i mean the comedy addict website go there buy gift cards all that good stuff yeah we by the time this comes out uh you know it probably will be after the holidays so hopefully we're still doing live in person and zoom shows at that point um certainly you know, by the time there's a vaccine, we hopefully will be back to just having regular numbers of people. Um, 
So by the time, hopefully when you both come back to the club, there'll be a full room. That would be incredible. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know when this will be, but yeah, check out Tommy's Christmas album. If it's still, if you're still in the spirits for it. Yeah, just go to go to Um It'll yeah, it'll be up there. It's five bucks, six songs. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. If you were on the Patreon, you already heard all of it. But yeah, hey, there you go. That's another it thing. <laughs> it's on the Patreon, baby, and still buy it because we played it through a, a speaker into a microphone, so you'll get better quality. <laughs> yeah, Plus, and you'll own it too. Yeah, yeah, and you'll be able to play it for your friends without us talking in between every song. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, do that. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, and yeah, get on the Patreon. We'll see. See you next week. Keep it crispy. Bye. Bye, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 